Welcome to VPG's virtual water cooler chat podcast, where we share lessons and stories of women professionals to help empower other women and expand a greater circle of influence. So we walk our journey with those who understand and appreciate us. Today, we are going to chat with Flora DeValle. Flora is a contemporary art curator, professional photographer, artist, and fashion designer from Buenos Aires. She has been an entrepreneur for more than 10 years in the arts and fashion industry. She hosts online art experiences for team building events for companies around the world, like Facebook, Google, Apple, Netflix, Amazon, Microsoft, among others. She has curated exhibitions in galleries in Buenos Aires and is currently finishing her master degree in curating contemporary art. In 2021, she won the Usina del Arte Photography Award and Vivamos Cultura from the Ministry of Culture from Buenos Aires. She has been part of a collective exhibition at Usina del Arte this year. In 2021, she exhibited her contemporary photography show, Ways of Seeing. And in 2018, she was part of the collective show, Eternity, by Maurizio Catalan in Art Bessel Cities. BA. Hi, Flor. Thank you so much for joining us today on this virtual water cooler chat. And uh, as we previously disclosed that you're a very impressive, you know, photographer and your fashion designer and art artist background. I just want to let you know that what a privilege and honor to have you on this chat today. So without further ado, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who is Floyd? Thank you, Ashley. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for, for inviting me. And I wanted to share with you and, and the rest of the people that are going to hear us today. I, I have a master in contemporary art curating. I'm also, as you said, a photographer, fashion designer. And I also create my own art that is also focusing contemporary photography. But I'm really mixing a little bit of all that I do because I'm also... Uh, include art curating in the exhibitions that uh, that I do as an artist. I also has um, something connected with fashion, so I, I like to mix uh, all, all my passions in in my art. And then I also, well, my my main work is I'm hosting online events, art classes for companies for also uh, other people in art and also photography and this is something that I also like to do a lot because I like also to share my, my knowledge in art and to create also a creative environment for people to engage in um, in an, arti an artistic activity so I we also draw in the in this class so it's also a, a creative moment for people. Now you live in. We we're just talking about this. You live in Argentina, where it is currently what ninety five degrees in Fahrenheit. We are about in the fifties. I'm gonna get some like you know warmth from you. Thanks for sharing your um credential. How did you choose to your path to become an artist, photographer, and fashion designer? And do you think you picked the right path? Well, it was something that I haven't planned like that. So my first career, the first thing that I studied was fashion design. 
I always liked fashion. I was kind of creating um, some garments for the Barbies <laughs> when I was a child. And then when I started studying fashion, I discovered other types of art. So I also started reading books um, related to art history. That's how I uh, started to learn about the art movements and art history in general. And I also learned about photography. I got curious about it. So I started to take courses in photography. That was something that then um, also led me to, to start working in that professionally. Of course, it was gradually. It was, it was not something that happened overnight. And something that I also always wanted to do was to study to be an art curator. And so in 2015, I started um, first postgraduate studies and then my master that I graduated last year. That uh, the focus is in contemporary art. Um, and then becoming an artist was really, again, something that kind of... Uh, happened because I, again, I, I, I always wanted to express myself in, in a different way. And of course, the other things that I was doing, um, I mean, it really helped me to express myself. But I think I found also in contemporary art, the medium for me to, to express. And yes, it was really a way for me to to share some ideas, some concepts that I wanted to share with the with the people, and do they feel when I, when they were seeing these exhibitions? And I, yeah, that's how I started to I started my artistic practice. I can't believe that you and I have actually met about maybe two years ago. Isn't yeah, right? it was it was actually two years. And <laughs> it was starting with like online Airbnb when I went to like stuck in COVID and decided mm -hmm. that oh, I really want to. I've never really been to like Argentina, Brazil. I usually choose areas that are like colder. Mm -hmm. So Iceland's my thing, you know, Norway would be my thing, except that I haven't done that. So mm -hmm. I remember when I first took your online Airbnb experience, it was um, about the graffiti where you have shown like how the buildings were in Argentina with actually Buenos Aires that actually had like really huge, um, I guess, you know, property development companies a corporation that basically used the artistic graffiti to express the soul of the city, as you will. I mean, I can't believe it's been two years. And then we've been collaborating on different things, and we're going to be doing our vision board on LinkedIn Live. So I'm very excited. I can imagine that everything is smooth sailing, just like all things. Um, so as a woman artist, what are some major obstacles you had to overcome to be where you are today? Yes, yes. Well, uh, a lot. I would say a lot. The, the thing that happened to me, I'm not coming from an artistic family. So it was not that my parents never said, don't study that or study this. But in a way, what happened is that they didn't understand what I was doing. They didn't understand why I was taking so many courses related to art, photography, they were like, oh, you really want to do another course? Is it necessary? I, I remember uh, hearing that question. Or also they were telling me, well, Flor, you need to separate what's a hobby and what is real work. You know, um, but I can say in a way my family always 
support me as an entrepreneur. So I really appreciate that. But yeah, related to the arts, I had no 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 one in my family to look up to. You know, I I you know I think it's very important to have a mentor or someone that say I don't want to be like that person, but I want to go in that path. So I never had that kind of person, which made me feel sometimes a little bit alone. Um, but then as I grew older, also, I think um, I took a year. Uh, it's not, it wasn't a, t- a year off, but I, I went a year to live in London and, and living there and being a foreigner. And it really opened up my mind and I really got connected more with everything that was related to the arts. So I think that was a big um a big change in my life that was really one of these life-changing experiences. Um, but yeah, regarding to to your question, I think one was that, yes, not coming from an artistic family. The other was also to, to consider art an important thing. Because for many years, I thought it was like a hobby, <laughs> yes, something that was not so important. Uh, and also in my family, again, for not knowing what, what it is to be an artist. They thought that artists were crazy people or people that were, you know, doing things, I don't know, going into drugs or things like that. Or so I I never saw myself as an artist because I was like, I'm not like that. You know, I'm a person that is uh, always on time, is responsible, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't have that artist uh, stereotype that my family kind of <laughs> had. So so yes, then I discovered that they are all type of artists. And of course, you don't have to be crazy to be an artist. You can be a, <laughs> a person that is uh, grounded. So, so yeah, I, I think... The important thing always in life is to to find kind of your 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 people, your your friends. And for me, that was very important to kind of understand what I was doing, what I wanted to to do related to my artistic practice. And and yes, finding that community helped me to to give value to my art and and also to yes to to understand what I was doing and. And yes, I wanted to start to share that with with the rest of the people. That's perfect. I do believe that, you know, having support, family or otherwise, I think that many artists, they do have um, a very difficult balance because the family expectation, for example, this, I guess we have to face it, the art of someone making like huge in art and making great money like Van Gogh, you know, or, you know, Monet, it's really slim because it's a very competitive field, which is why I have more respect and really want to honor the struggle that you guys, like artists, have to go through. So I'm sure that you remember when we actually spend the time to coach Stephanie and also Michelle, both are really great artists and they're both in that very formative stage and thank you for also helping me to sort of coach them and when we're working on the t-shirt you come up with a wonderful idea of doing QR code in the bag like how is this square going to work so it is leaving up to the artist to come up with this Um, and I think this struggle is real not only do you have to 
this is my personal opinion. Not only do you have to put food on the table and make a standing in your community, the artist community, maybe prove to your family or others that, hey, I got what it takes. This is really what my passion, I'm going to do everything I can to survive and thrive on this. Not only survive, but thrive in the community. My cousin is actually an artist. She's a photographer and she just had recently had an exhibition. I so I told my mom, I was like, let's go support her. So we did. And I think that she was really surprised because mm -hmm. I don't think like we didn't come from an artist family, you know? So a lot of it is that I do want to, as an entrepreneur, woman, you know, and I just really want to do whatever I can within reasons to support whoever that is that has that passion. And I really do see you not only as an artist, but as an entrepreneur, because you go out and do the Airbnb team building exercise with major corporations that is turning your art into something that is relatable and help build the human spirit, especially during COVID. So that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy collaborating with you and keep asking for more. So now let's go back to one of the things that I always really enjoy, you know, watching on social media is when, what you enjoy doing in your spare time. Can you talk about that a little bit? I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. So, well, this was something that also started during the pandemic, actually, the quarantine. I was finding um, something to do, some exercise at home, and I found this shuffle dance that is, uh, for the ones that don't know what it is, it's a style of dance similar in a way with hip hop. It has a lot of related to footwork. And, uh, and yeah, it's very um, challenging. And I, I really like it. I, I really like it because it's something that you can do on your own. It's like you learn the moves and then you can give it your own style. So for me, it was really liberating. I, I felt very free doing that. And I think during the pandemic helped me to, to stay, uh, I don't know, to, to be happy, to, to also do some exercise, but also to, to enjoy, to enjoy. And yeah, it was great. And something, yes, again, it started as a hobby, but then it was something that I really, well, I wanted, you know, I'm, I'm a perfectionist, so I want to always to do it better. Uh, yes, and I started to invest a lot of time to, to yeah, to, to improve my moves. I also started recently the gym to, to become stronger with my body because uh, I was a bit like, <laughs> and I got, yeah, I got some injuries in the way because, well, I didn't have that a strong body to do this type of dance. So, so yeah, and it's something that I really like to do. I also, I, I think music is something very important and to connect that and to, to be in the moment. I think anything that you do that help you to be in the moment and sometimes you need to escape a little bit of work, even I like what I'm doing. Uh, sometimes, of course, it gets overwhelming. I always enjoy like um, watching you dance on the social media. And I've seen, seen uh, like a great, a great deal of uh, improvement 
and Thank growth you. in the styles and actually even the shuffle moves. So, and as always, like, carry such positive vibes. And so I was like, oh, I know that you actually started a new account on the shuffle dance. So I was like, oh, I follow that too. But um, you touched upon something that I think many people would have the issue. I personally have this issue is, um, or maybe it's a tendency. It's how do you deal with balancing between perfectionism because you're an artist your art is out there and people will judge it and you could put your heart and soul people may like it great people may not like it how do you balance that outer judgment and still reinforce internally to floor and say i've done my best this might not be perfect but this is going to have to be shit like what Seth Gordon said, <laughs> shift the practice. Yes, yes. Well, I think what helped me a lot to deal with that, I always have this tendency of having a low self-esteem. So I always have the thing that, oh, it's never so good. Um, I My art is not as good as other people. I was always comparing myself to others and, I, and mine was always the worst. Uh, and... What it helped me a lot was while well, I'm doing therapy, uh, I'm also always reading a lot of these self-development self books. So I also had a, a coach last year and I think also in 2020, so two coaches. Uh, that helped me to, to deal with this. And something that I learned is that when we or anyone talk about another person, what you're saying about that person talks more about yourself than really the other person. So I I met lots of people <laughs> during the pandemic, especially on these online events. And I saw that the happier the people were with their work or with their life, the best they see the good in others. Yes. And when someone was like, mm, you, you can tell it was not feeling good with him or herself, it's like, that person was always going to see the worst in you, yes? So I had to learn to, to not to take other people's opinion personally. So, I mean, always like when someone criticizes me, I say, why can I learn from this? So if I see something that is uh, valuable, like, uh, for example, I don't know, I can improve my class, I can improve the way I talk, I can, great, I take that as something to improve. But if then I read something that is more about what that person think of me and that has nothing to do with reality, I say, okay, that's your opinion. It's not about me. And yeah, I have to learn to do that because I used to get very upset. I used to, to cry. I even cry when people say, not that, that people say bad things, but sometimes they just chat you about your work, about what you're doing. And yeah, I was feeling bad. I used to, to get upset because I say, this is not fair, you know, like, but then it's like, well, life sometimes is not fair. But uh, yeah, you have to really learn to not take not to take things personally. And I think really my dance helped me a lot on that because uh, for sure when I started sharing my shuffle videos, I knew I was not the best because there are so many girls doing this for many years and they are awesome. 
And I say, I'm going to do it on purpose. You know, like even I know this is not the best dance in all Instagram, <laughs> I'm going to post it, post it uh, to say, okay, I can do something that is not perfect, but I enjoy it and I'm going to share it. And every time that I'm, I mean, at first, every time that I was going to share a video, I look at the video 100 times and I say, oh, I don't know if to share or not. Uh, but what I started to do more recently, I'm sharing actually my practice. So I'm like not even looking good. I mean, like I don't have makeup. I'm with my hair like a disaster and whatever. I say, I'm going to share this because this is my practice. This is I'm I'm doing this challenge of trying to shuffle once a day. And and I say, yes, I'm going just to share how I shuffle in shorts in the gym. I, I doesn't have to be perfect. And, and I did it on purpose to say not everything has to be perfect in Instagram, not everything has to be so beautiful. Like real life is not always beautiful. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that that really helped me to, to deal with that perfectionism, that it was always a big problem for me. And, and yes, I, I think the same as something that you say that better than that perfect. Yeah, I think what I've seen is that the more you focus on others and less on the self, so, for example, when you're sharing the practice, you're not focusing on, I'm going to deliver the perfect move of my shuffle dance. Instead, I'm just sharing, like, how this is, like, creating inner happiness for me, for you, right? I can shuffle. Maybe I'll come to Argentina and have you teach me the shuffle. <laughs> Let's make this a deal, make this a deal for maybe 2024. <laughs> I get my head out, my, my body coordination, and I'll come and shuffle with you. Um, yeah, I think it's like the last that you, I do agree with you in terms of like social media. People always have this picture perfect and then your life is perfect. Well, life is further away from perfect, especially like, you know, when you talk about like the big tech layoffs and, you know, people that used to be really in a happy position and now still like at the beginning of the years and struggle to find jobs and competing and kind of starting something all over again and competing with, I mean, they're, they're created a lot of com competition for even the new, new grads. So I think that having a realistic view and not really just thinking that everything in, on social media is true and put things in perspective. I think those are really helpful ways to be our guiding principles in life. Final question. What are some of the key lessons that you learned that you would like to share with our audience? Specifically, I think young artists. Something that I think that I that I also learned during the pandemic is the thing that the more the more authentic you are with yourself, with others, in your work, in your life, the best things are going to develop. So I I remember when I started to host these art events, these team building activities with these uh, big companies. I was uh, very nervous because I was like, oh, this is a big company, you know, I'm there, sometimes 100 people. And I used to be, you know, uh, when you when you want to everything to be perfect, you end up being a stiff, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're not natural. 
And then, well, I, I had to learn to relax, to be myself. If something, you know, sometimes Wi-Fi can start to work bad, something, someone probably opened the mic and said something that is out of place. Well, and you have to deal with all these situations that at the time they were very stressful for me. And well, I had to, to learn that. And well, if it's something that happens and it's not the best, you know, I try to say a joke, something for people to relax and, you know, like, and I, I learned that was really the best way to also to connect with people. So I think uh, to be honest with people, that is always the best thing. And that's something that I learned quite recently, yes, in these past two years, because I think before I always tried to be, you know, show this perfect image that I was the best, you know, or because I, I thought that if I didn't show like that, uh, probably a client would say, no, I'm going to pick someone else. And, and that's not true. Really, people value a lot when you're being yourself and you're being honest. And really, it's like when they buy you your service or your product, they are also buying you, like your personality. So the, the more you're being yourself, the, the best uh, is for the client as well. I do agree with that partially, because I think that it's also industry specific. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, I'm in the legal industry. I support patent practitioners. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically PTAP practitioners. And for the most part, I did share everything that you were talking about. I have to show no vulnerability, basically put on that armor and just go in there and deliver. And it just created so much issues for myself because I wasn't being real to myself. I still get the job done and I still deliver the work product. But I didn't live in agreement with myself. I was on I wasn't honest with myself in terms of like if there's something like you know, for you, art, it's you know, like your family would say, oh, basically there's a hobby, there's also making a living. Well, I was a political science major. And I don't think that my parents were very supportive of that major. I said, what are you going to do? Go be a politician? I'm like, no, you don't have to be a politician to study poli side. And he was like, what about going to be an accountant? I hate math. <laughs> so I really cannot see myself doing accounting work. So, but they let me do my thing, you know, which is I give them a lot of credit for that. But, you know, for a long time, because legal, industry, you know, you want precision, you want accuracy, you need to be detail-oriented, you need to be a yes person for the most part, because, I mean, if you keep saying no to people when they have a deadline, uh, you'll be out of a job very soon, right? So I kind of learned to do that. My boundaries were not very good. So when I said that I wasn't being true to myself, is that I didn't quite know how to establish boundaries without feeling that a rep would be penalized. So that's much more internal. I think it has cultural backgrounds and cultural factors in that. And I think that what you said really has a lot of validities in modern days in terms of the workforce, 
especially post, I mean, we're not post-pandemic yet. I'm being a little optimistic, but <laughs> I'm trying to, try to fast forward that. But I think that this is one of the reasons why I want to start this podcast, mostly we're um, interviewing women, uh, not only in the patent space, because I really do think that I've learned so much from women and men across different industries in the past three years. So I was like talking to Sasha Strauss on a virtual water cooler chat, really awesome person. And I met so many different people on Airbnb because I'm a big traveler. And every one of the person that I crossed path with the last um, three years have contributed. And I believe that I also contributed it to their life as well. Because it has to be, I feel like that it has to be reciprocal for it to be a meaningful relationship. And you grow your power and your presence by growing others. And I think that is why things have been going so well for VPG. And I've been feeling so much more fulfilled because I'm helping other people. So sometimes it's, I mean, do I have problems? Absolutely. But when you can take the moment away to help others so that they can grow. And maybe like Michelle will be an artist in 10 years and she may not remember me, but I know that I have done something to help her. And you and I have connected for a reason. And so is everybody else. And I think that that connection and building that, except when we call this a tribe, but we could also call this a community. We start small and we grow that one so that we would feel women and men too, but mostly I wanted to really focus on women empowerment. I think that is how we will build something meaningful in the process. And that's how and why I decided to start this podcast. Thank you again for accepting the invitation and speak with us today. Pretty awesome. My pleasure, Ashley. I love I love all the things that you're doing and thank you also for your support. You're a person that contributed a lot to, to my life, my work as well. And I agree with you that we meet for a reason, all the people that we meet uh, every day. And I think, uh, yes, what you say, that when you help to grow others, you also grow yourself. I, I heard this quote from a, from a coach that I follow, that I read some books, that is Bob Proctor. And he was saying this, that you always have to leave someone with a feeling of, of growth. And I can't wait to, to hear the rest of the interviews and to meet uh, the rest of the guests. Well, thank you so much, Flora. Thanks so much to you, Ashley. Oh.